Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Frankie Mazapika. The title of my message is Made Strong in the Hands of God. Made Strong by the Hands of God. I'll tell you where I'm getting this message. It's in Genesis chapter 49, verse 23. But before I share the verse with you, let me just share the setting. The setting is of Jacob, and he's lived a full life. He's about to pass away, but before he does, he calls in all 12 of his sons to come into the room so that he can pray over them. And, and some of them he prays a blessing over, and some of them he admonishes. But he starts with the oldest, and he works his way down to the youngest, so he starts with Reuben, and then Simeon, and then Levi, and then Judah, and then down the list he goes. When he gets to son number 11, Joseph, he says something fascinating. It is rich with revelation, and we're going to unpack it together, verse by verse. But let me give it to you in its entirety. It's almost as if Jacob is talking to Joseph, but he's also talking to everyone else in the room at the same exact time. He says this, he lays his hands on Joseph, and, and I can almost see him standing up at this point. But he lays his hands on Joseph and he says this, The archers have bitterly grieved him. They have shot at him and hated him but he is his his bow remained in strength and the arms of his hands were made strong in the hands of god made strong in the hands of god that's where i'm getting the title from the first arrow that was shot at Joseph was an arrow of envy released by his brothers. All of his brothers knew that the father loved him dearly. They knew Jacob loved him. He, Jacob put a coat of many colors around him to signify, this is my favored son. Because of that, they hated him. And they shot arrows of envy at him. They, with, with jeering and taunting, they jeered at him. They, they taunted him for being who he was. So they grabbed him. They threw him in a pit. They ripped off his coat. They threw him in a pit. They sold him to slavery. It is a hard thing. To want and need love from family and friends and have it removed. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing because then you have to live the rest of your life trying to figure out what to do with the rejection that you felt. And sometimes you can feel it as a child and carry it all the way through your adulthood. But Joseph, somehow, I don't know, it, it had to be divine. Joseph did not live off of their acceptance 
So their rejection could not kill him. I was, at, uh, I was at a lunch with some friends recently, and I'm going to summarize the conversation a little bit. But as we were talking back and forth, we were trading stories, and, and we, we asked one another the question, have you ever had a loved one, someone that you deeply cared about, hurt you? And, and we traded stories, of course I've had that. Who hasn't? Um, is the sky black at night? Who, who hasn't? But I, I, I shared this. The Lord helped me get over the fact that many have never given me their love or removed their love from me. And this was the illustration that I used, and I hope it helps you. I hate, hate Walking behind slow people at malls. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Because they act like they're the only ones in the mall. They walk slowly, especially if they walk in four across, shoulder to shoulder, talking and texting and taking selfies. And I'm stuck behind them. I hate it. Truthfully, I don't even want to be in the mall to begin with. Much less to be walking behind someone slow. If I were driving in a car behind someone slow, at least I can look in my blind spot and go around them. But in a mall, especially if they're walking shoulder to shoulder, I'm stuck and I am frustrated and I'm irritated. However, if I'm in a mall and I'm walking behind someone in a wheelchair, I am not frustrated. I am not irritated. Because they are a handicap. And because they are a handicap, I have grace for them. I have mercy for them. I have empathy for them. And I don't mind walking slow at all. Because they're a handicap, I don't feel like I am put out in any way, shape, or form. They do not have the capacity to go any faster. So it would be wrong for me to expect them to do something that they do not have the capacity to do. There are many people who have a very low EQ and emotional intelligence. They don't have the capacity to love. It's easy for you. It's easy for me. It may not be for them. We don't know how they were raised. We don't know if they had an absent father. We don't know if they had an overbearing mother. We don't know if there was fear in the house. We don't know if there was insecurity that was deafening, that they had to be raised within. We don't know if they were physically, mentally, spiritually abused. We don't know any of those things. The only thing we know is where they are right now. We don't know how they got there, but we do know that... They are a handicap. They are not capable of loving. And because of that, I am able in many cases to have tremendous grace for people who have removed their love or hurt me. Joseph had this ability. I don't believe that he, he reached in the bottom of the pit that his brothers threw him in and threw rocks at him from the bottom of the pit with anger. I don't believe that. The reason why I don't is unforgiveness is unforgivable. 
So clearly he forgave them. The Bible says, if you do not forgive others, this is in Matthew chapter 6, verse 15. If you do not forgive others, the Father will not forgive you of your sin. And so at some point in that pit, he must have forgiven them even before Potiphar came along. I'm sorry, the slave owners came along and purchased him from the brothers and turned him into slavery. So the first arrow that was shot at him was the arrow of envy from his own family. The second arrow that was shot at him was the arrow of temptation. See, a man named Potiphar walked up to the slave trading block and bought him for the price of a slave. He bought Joseph, brought him home, and made him the bailiff of his house. Without Potiphar realizing it, his wife had eyes for Joseph. And she gave him invitations for adultery on a daily basis. Her eyes solicited sin. Her her tongue was as slippery as a serpent. Her lips dripped with seduction. She would call him in for menial tasks just so she could run her fingernails down his back. She would leave the door open while she changed. She would sit by the pool and invite him over for a glass of lemonade. She had adultery on her mind. She constantly invited him to the bedroom, baptized in perfume. She invited him, and and he did what a man of God or a woman of God knows they must do if they want to overcome temptation. He didn't stand against temptation because there is no woman nor man strong enough to stand against temptation for very long. You have to run away from temptation. You can't stand against it. You gotta run. You gotta run. You got bye bye. Me me. Pew pew. Gone. Run 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 run. Everybody say run. run. Say it again. Run. run. You can't look at a box of donuts for longer than a few minutes before you bite into one. You gotta run. Paul was mentoring Timothy, and he wrote him a letter. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. It says this. Run from your youthful lusts. And pursue. Keep on running. And while you're running, pursue righteousness. Faith, love, and peace with other people who are calling upon the Lord out of a good heart. Run! That was the second arrow. That Joseph had to face was the arrow of temptation. And then it was the arrow of false accusation. The woman, we're just gonna call her the woman, she lied. She went and told Potiphar because her pride and ego was bruised. She said, Your bailiff, the slave that you bought, tried to rape me. Look, I have his coat. 
There's nothing more painful than being falsely accused. The love withdrawal is hard to bear. But to then have a person lie about you, nobody can handle a lie easily. It's interesting. If you want truth to go around the world, you have to hire an express train to pull it. But if you want a lie to go around the world, it will fly. Because it is light as a feather, a breath can carry it. See, men and women of God that walk the streets of gold do not move from earth to heaven by walking the roads of a royal person. There are no royal roads to heaven. There are only paths of trials and trouble. Only. If you read scripture, every person who is a God-fearing man, a God-fearing woman, found themselves walking down a road of trouble. Every single one. It looks different. Joseph had a seductive woman inviting him into her chambers. But Moses, he had to walk 40 years in a wilderness. Daniel was thrown into a lion's den. It, 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 there's, there's in caves of Adullam and underneath the tree of a juniper tree. Of depression. That is where you find men and women of God. You don't find them in palaces. You don't find them laughing and, and, and skipping through the tulips to heaven. No. It is a war. This is why Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. I have fought the good fight. It's a fight. Do you know how many people quit on God because God did not reach their expectations? You gotta fight! You gotta fight for what God has for you. We are fighting against an enemy. Every morning you wake up, Genesis 4 7 says, sin is crouching at your door. Every moment you wake up, you are fighting. You are fighting, you are fighting in the lies, the accusations that he had to deal with. Ah, they were so hard. They were so hard in some way, somehow he had to deal with it. And this is why his father said, my boy, my boy, he's had archers bitterly grieve him, shoot at him and hate him. But then he says this, but, but, my son held his bow in strength. How in the world did he hold his bow in strength and not shoot back? It's so hard to look at someone who's lying about you and not want to tell them about themselves. Tell them about themselves and their mother while you're at it. See, Joseph held his own bow in strength. What he knew and what we must remember is that our trajectory cannot be determined by any man. No one on this planet determines your future. No one. 
No one. The people who have disappointed you in your life, they are not holding your future. The people that have withdrawn their love from you, they are not holding your future. The people that have disappointed you, they've made you promises that they did not keep. They are not holding your future. Are you with me? Shout yes. yes. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, To him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than you can ask, think, or imagine. This is my favorite part. According to the power that is at work within you. How many of you love the Lord? Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. If you're too cool to raise your hand, just raise your finger, okay? If you love the Lord, I want you to know that there is power at work within you. It, it's in you. It's in you. It is pumping in you the same way your heart is pumping blood through your veins. There is power pumping through you according to the power that is at work. It's pumping. It's pumping through you just as blood goes through your veins. Lightning is shooting through your veins. It's like fire in your bones. You can't see it. You can't watch it. But if you pay attention carefully, you know something's happening. You know something's happening. A, cat a, a caterpillar cannot announce, I'm about to be a butterfly. Everybody gather around. My season is now. He doesn't know his season is now. He just knows there's something in him. Something's about to change. 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 I'm going to have to get alone. Don't hate the alone seasons. Don't hate the alone seasons. It's in the alone seasons when the caterpillar hides behind a leaf and just begins to burn. When you are alone and you're burning in secret. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, it says, When you pray, go alone by yourself. Shut the door behind you. Because your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you get alone, you shut the door behind you and you don't know why you're there, but you're praying, you're praying, you're praying. And it's not eloquent. It doesn't sound like Father Abraham. It sounds desperate. Dear God, I don't know what you're doing with me. I don't know what you're doing with me. But I do know this. I do know this. My heart's cry, my heart's cry, my heart's cry is John chapter 3, verse 30. You must increase. I must decrease. And if this is part of the plan, if this is part of the plan so that the metamorphosis can, can take place and, and that my flesh can die so that my spirit becomes the man that you want me to be, then so be it. I hate it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I hate cocoons. I like people. I like people. I like people. I wonder if caterpillars look at butterflies and say, I wish I could be you. I wonder. It can't hurt to wonder. I don't know that caterpillars think. Their brain is about that big. But I wonder if caterpillars look at butterflies and say, I wish you, I could be you. And the butterfly looks down and says, you can be, but you got to get alone and, 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 and let your, your flesh die a little bit. 
You, you got to let it die a little bit. This is why Paul said in Romans chapter 12, no, 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 no. I can't remember what, it, what verse it is. He says, but I urge you, dear brothers and sisters. I urge you, 12 verse 1, I urge you. Dear brothers and sisters, allow your body to be a living sacrifice. Just let it burn. If you don't like it, take it. Everybody say that. If you don't like it, take it. Come on. If you don't like it, take it. Let me hear you. So there he is. He's holding his bow in his own hands. He's not shooting back. He's letting God do what he needs to do. He's letting the power of God work within him. Was it on his time schedule? No. Was God working in the way that he wanted him to do? No. Was he working on schedule that he wanted him to be on? No. He didn't want to be in the pit and he didn't want to be with Potiphar. He didn't want to be in prison. He certainly didn't want to have to deal with that woman. He didn't want to deal with any of that. But power is working within him. He's holding his bow. He's not shooting back. He's not talking back. He's not yelling back. He's not fighting back. He's holding it in strength. And then, this is what happens. The last part of the verse says this. Let me put it all together. My son Joseph, archers bitterly grieved him. They shot at him and they hated him. But he held his bow in strength. Here it comes. And the arms of his hands were made strong in the hands of God. How does something like that actually happen? In ancient days, young men, all of them, had to learn how to pull back the line of a bow and release it. It was a rites of passage. But here's the thing. As a young boy grabbing a big bow... He has trouble pulling back the line. You have all seen it. A boy trying to pull back the line. Oftentimes what a father will do is he'll come and he'll drape the boy. And he'll take his front hand and he'll hold it out with him. He'll take his own hand and wrap it around the boy's hand. And make it strong in his own hand. And then he'll take his other arm and wrap it around the boy and take his other hand and grab the line and he'd make his hand strong in his own hand. And then he'll pull back the line. The boy's not strong enough to pull the line back on his own. No, 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 no. But he's made strong in the hands of a mighty God. He's made strong. I don't know if you pray like I pray. I pray desperately. Dear God, I need you to make me strong. If you could listen to me pray, it is not eloquent. It, it's, it's actually, it's, it's messy, it's unorganized. It's emotional. You would think I need to be in a padded room, to be quite honest with you. Sometimes I'm on my knees. Sometimes my face is in the carpet. Sometimes my nose is being all bent up in the carpet. Sometimes I'm walking back and forth. Sometimes I'm in it. In fact, my son came in. I didn't even know because I put these earphones so I can't hear anything. All I got is white noise going. So I'm just, I'm going, I'm going. My son comes in unbeknownst to me. 
It was early in the morning. It was, I had been up praying and the sun wasn't even up yet. This was just a couple weeks ago. And so he opens up the door to say something to me and he sees me. I'm going off. Jesus, Jesus. My eyes are closed. I don't know he's there. And so he closes the door. And so he says, I'm going to come in. He goes, hey, dad. And I can't hear a word. He goes, hey, dad. He's, he's about to go to school. I'm in. Jesus. Gee, I love you. First Thessalonians 5, 17. Never stop praying. I'm never going to say. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. And so he closes the door. He really needs to talk to me. So he goes, hey, dad. He shuts the door. Glenn. So I'm going to say it a little bit louder. Like, hey, dad. I still don't hear him. I'm going off. Jesus, Jesus. When I'm in church, I pray like a man who is saying but when I'm at home I pray like a man who's desperate finally he closed the door and he walked downstairs and he goes mom he can't hear me he can't see me he's gone crazy see when you lean over and you say dear God make me strong in your hands this is when the Lord wraps around you and he says I know the season you're going through is too hard for you. Just hold on. I'll make you strong in my hands. Does anybody love the Lord today? Come on. Come on, put your hands together. Do you love him? In Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Let me, be, let, let me not transition yet. If you only hear one thing I said today, hear this. Prayer is an accelerator. I'm going to say that like five times. Prayer is an accelerator. Prayer is an accelerator. Welcome back. Prayer is an accelerator. Say, all the way from Costa Rica, it's good to see you, Kati. Stand up and wave at everybody. Hi, Kati. All the way from Costa Rica. All those people I told you got healed on the street when we were there a few weeks ago. She was there for it all. She saw it all. Prayer is an accelerator. Will you please say, I, I, I know you got it. I know you got it. And I know it's beneath you to say it because you got it. But would you just indulge me and say it aloud three times? One, two, three. Prayer. Say that one more time. One more time, real loud. Why am I saying that? Because when you need something to happen and you want it to happen yesterday, prayer is the accelerator. Do not try to elude that. Working hard is not an accelerator. Planning is not an accelerator. Crying is not an accelerator. Being depressed is not a... Being mad at God is not an... None of those things are an accelerator. If you want something in your life to accelerate, want it bad enough to pray about it. Does that speak to anybody? Help me here. 
Jeremiah 29:13. Man, I'm sweating, so I'm getting Pentecostal on you. Jeremiah, please bless me, Lord. Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and you will find me if you search for me with all your heart. It can't be a passive thing. It can't be a thought. God, you know I need you. I mean, you already know my thoughts. So if you know my thoughts, then go ahead and help me. Open up doors that I... No! You got to pray. When you seek for me with all your heart. This is the last verse and then I'll be completely done. Isaiah chapter 62, verse 6, it says this. Those of you who pray. Those of you who pray, give yourself no rest. Give yourself no rest. Wake up earlier than you've ever woken up before. Pray longer than you've ever prayed before. Pray harder than you've ever prayed before. Pray more passionately than you've ever prayed before. And then when you're done praying, start over. And do it all over again. Pray harder than you've ever prayed before. Pray more passionately. Do you know, so often I go to pray and then I'm done. And then I'll say, I am done. I've been here long enough. I'm going to pretend like I didn't even start. And we're going to start all over again. I'm going to come into your presence with thanksgiving all over again. I'm going to say thank you all over again. And for those of you that don't know how to pray, I am so glad you're here. I am so glad you're going to hear this because it says in Philippians 4, 6. It's not 4, 6. Do not worry about anything, but pray about it. Oh, yeah, it is 4, 6. Do not worry about anything. Pray about everything and thank him for everything that he's done. Pray about everything. Thank him. Ask, thank you. Ask, thank you. Ask, thank you. God, I need a new job. Thank you that clearly you've been feeding me well. God, I need a raise. But thank you. I was old and now I'm young and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. God, please put a brain in my son. (laughs) But thank you that I have a son. That is the schedule. That is the rhythm of prayer. You ask, 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 ask because you have not because you ask not. You can't think it and then want it. You have to ask for it, ask for it, ask for it. James 4, 2, you have to ask. Ask. And then when you run out of breath, thank him for everything that he's already done. Does that help anybody today? Let's all stand to our feet. Give him a standing ovation. Come on. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Oh, shoot. I had you stand up too soon. But you've already stretched and you can't sit back down. I want you to see what God has done in someone's life here in our church just a couple weeks ago. You can stand. You can remain sitting. But I want you to see. It's only 90 seconds. Take a look at this testimony. It's so cool. During COVID, I'm watching Celebration Church online. I watch other churches. But since we moved to the Woodlands, I really like watching celebration watching Pastor Frankie and one Sunday I believe it was in December when 
I was hurting so bad. I was laying on the couch, but I'm I'm just there watching praise and worship, watching the service, and I'm enjoying it, but I'm in a lot of pain. I'm laying on my stomach because I had a pain, like a nerve pain, going on the back of my leg. And uh, during the service, Pastor Frankly says, um, it's prayer time, and then he says, oh, I feel like someone has a pain down the back of their leg. And it's the same leg he's touching that I was hurting. He says, this pain is just sharp and it's going down your leg. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, it's me, Pastor Frankie. And I'm watching and no one came up to the front to claim the healing. And Pastor Frankie then says, oh, well, maybe I didn't, I got this wrong. Maybe I got this wrong. And me, I'm jumping up. Oh, it's me, Pastor Frankie. It's me, Pastor Frankie. I'm here. I can feel it. I'm here. And I'm like, why am I thinking? Why is he not listening to me? I am like screaming at the television. Me, Pastor Frankie. Me, Pastor Frankie. I was so excited. I forgot about the pain. It's not hurting. It just never hurt again. I am so excited. I give God the glory. I give Him the praise because of the miracle and the miracles He has done in my life. This is not the first time I've had a miracle, but this was so exciting. Oh, you're here? Does anybody want to be best friends with her? The, the lady on the screen? Man, God's given you a lot of gifts, but man, you, you just have a magnetism about you. Everybody wants to be your best friend. I'd like our prayer partners to come down if they would. All throughout the room, all the prayer partners come down. If you're standing in this room, listen to me carefully. And you are indifferent to the things of God. You're indifferent. You're indifferent. You're sure he may be there, but I've, I've been through so much. I'm sick of the whole song and dance. You're indifferent. I don't want you to feel like scum. This is a season that every one of us goes through. In Psalms 103, verse 14, it says that he knows our frame. He remembers that we are only dust and he takes pity on us. It's not that you don't love God. It's that your flesh is weary and your flesh is tired. I know it's hard to separate your flesh and your heart, but the Lord sees your heart and he loves you for it. I'd like for you, everyone to just raise their hands in this room. I'm always interested to see what the Lord is going to do. Lord Jesus. Some of you, you feel indifferent, you feel distant. And in a minute, I want you to just tell him, I still love you. Some of you, 
you feel very close to him but it's been about 30 seconds since you've prayed and now you want to say again with the rest of us I still love you let me challenge you please do not allow your jaw to be locked and your lips to be sealed if you want to whisper it that's fine if you don't want to put any voice behind it that's fine but just say it at least say it say I still love you come on I still love you with your hands raised and your eyes closed your chin pointed up just say I still love you prayer partners would you guys go back to your seats I just want I think the Lord is going to do something different today Raise your hands as high as you can. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to just sweep in this room. If you notice him, if you notice him touch you, not all of you are going to feel it. Often, most of the time, I don't feel it during moments like these, but everybody else does. It's very strange. I don't feel like he loves me any less just realize that this moment right here isn't for me. Maybe my moment is in a few hours from now. But I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to move through this room and he's just going to touch a few of you. And you'll know he's touching you because there is a physical, a physical, not mental, a physical sensation that you feel. Either one, you start getting emotional. Two, you feel like Job 14, 4, 15. I felt the spirit of the Lord graze past my face and the hair on my body stood up on end. You'll feel a little uh, like it's almost like pins and needles. It's almost like a brush. Your hair stands up on your arm or on your face, on the back of your neck. As soon as you feel warmth or tingling, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I started feeling tingling in my palms. It was the strangest sensation I've ever had. Whatever, if you feel anything at all, don't ask him to do it again. Just respond. Everybody responds differently. Some people become very emotional. Some people don't become emotional at all. But if you feel anything at all, when the sovereign God of the universe sweeps through here, I want you to respond. Come out of your seat as fast as you can and come down to the altar and just raise your hands. Nobody's going to pray for you. This is between you and him only today. Holy Spirit. Move in this room in a tangible way right now. Right now. You may feel a cool breeze. It's not like wind, but it's something different. It's cool. Come out of your seat quickly. feel your emotional you may feel tingling in your hands a numbness just come out of your come out of your seat as fast as you can as fast as you can there's there's more down here than there is over there when you respond James 4 8 if you draw close to me I'll draw close to you there's more down here than there is over in the name of Jesus like wind 
put your mind's attention on his face. Put your mind's attention on his face and just wait. attention to your hands. Pay attention to your legs. If you feel them tremble, if you feel moved, come out of your seat. Move. your seat. If you're emotional, I want you to come out of your seat. I feel like just one more moment, just one more moment. We're not going to rush it. I think some of you are going to, your assignment is starting today. I don't know what it is, but your assignment is starting today. A new assignment is starting today. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, move through this room again. Make your spirit manifest and let them feel it, God. one more time in this room. There's not going to be an official dismissal. We're not going to sing. We're not going to do anything. This is just you and Jesus today. You didn't come here to hear a preacher. You came here to be in his presence. So with your hands raised one last time, I'm going to ask him, Holy Spirit, just move through this room right now. If you feel him touch you in any way, I just want you to move. Holy Spirit, move in this room right now. in this room. Move, 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 move in this room. I've always been jealous of people that felt something because I rarely do. I am in the category of the woman with the issue of blood. I always have been. 
or I want something so bad that I just go get it. If you're in this room and you haven't felt a physical sensation, but your heart is crying for more, and you are in the woman of the issue of blood, you're just so hungry, you're willing to go get it. I want to invite you to come down to the altar. This is not a stage, it's an altar. It's the place where things are altered. It's something made of wood, steel, or stone that things die on. Come get it. Come. 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 Those of you who are weary and heavy burdened, just come. There's no official dismissal. There's no official dismissal.